How do we create more sustainable businesses and a sustainable world? With listeners in 53 countries over six continents, Sustainable the Podcast aims to explore exactly that. Join our host, Tabby Jane, founder of EarthSelf, as she interviews inspirational leaders who are helping to reconnect business back to nature. Discover new ways of working. Be inspired to take action. In episode 67, I spoke with John Alexander, co-founder of the New Citizenship Project, a social innovation lab that helps catalyse the shift to a more participatory society. And we talked about the need for all of us to become citizens and how this impacts business. Today, I'm speaking to Rosie Sweetman. Rosie is the director of Sweetmans and Partners, a training, coaching and consultancy business that supports organisations to achieve their people and business development goals in a way that benefits society as well as their clients and their people. She's an experienced business development professional and qualified coach with a strong track record in leadership, strategic planning, responsible business practice and complex relationship management. As a director of business in the community Camry, which is Wales, for those of you who don't know, Rosie significantly grew turnover, surplus and membership, working with hundreds of businesses to embed purpose and values into the wider business strategy. She successfully repositioned the organisation as a business-led charity with over 80% private sector income. Under her leadership, BITC Cambry was also appointed as partner to Barclays Life Skills and by the Welsh Government to roll out its business class programmes across Wales through a unique licence model. Welcome, Rosie. It is great to have you on Sustainable today. Thank you, Tabby. Great to be here. (laughs) So why does Sweetman and Partners have a primary focus on supporting clients to achieve their business and people development goals in ways that benefit society? And why is this an important business component? I think simply um, we, we believe business has a role to play in addressing our social and environmental challenges. And we wanted our business to play its part no matter how small, in making a positive contribution to these challenges. Um, so when we were setting up the business last last summer, we were thinking about uh, what difference our values were going to make to the way that we were going to operate, the direction we were setting. Um, and we started to think about how we could embed and integrate those values into the business. And that's when we decided to become a B Corp or B Corporation, um, and as a startup in your first year of, tra- year of tra- trading, you can become a pending B Corp. Um, and so that's what we did. We got pending B Corp status in November. Um, and the B Corp movement is, is a sort of global movement of businesses who are profit making and looking to make a positive contribution to society and the environment. And we just like the simplicity of that message. Business is a force for good. And we thought, OK, that's a way of really making this part of who we are. It's not an add on. It's part of who we are. Yeah. No, I like it. I like that. And it's, it's one of the things that I do admire about B Corporations is it's, it's, it's challenging that notion of, of, of what sometimes we think about business. And as we were talking earlier before, um, we, we, we started uh, this conversation, you know, there can be a negative association with business potentially in, in, in some people's minds and how they view it. And business as a force for good totally challenges that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that since the financial crisis, there's been this kind of growing perception that the interests of business, the interests of society are a bit misaligned. And 
I think we've all got a responsibility to kind of challenge that and, and rebuild the trust in business because business is part of of, of the solution and the way that we're going to going to move forward as a society and, and you know ultimately protect our planet yeah and I, I like that it's a case of rebuilding trust between business and society I mean that's a really beautiful way of putting it so you recently created the financial and professional services sector group as one initiative to help create social and environmental impact how did this group come about and what's the positive impact that it's creating okay um I'm just going to give a little bit of context um so uh, we specialise in creating tailored, high quality people and business development services for two main sectors. So the first sector is the financial and professional services and the second sector are purpose led businesses. So coming back to the financial and professional services sector, which I'm going to say FPS sector because otherwise it's a right old mouthful. So coming to that sector, that's made up of accountants, law firms, insurance businesses, whole range of different um, FPS businesses. And in our conversations with our clients in this sector and with our contacts, we found that there were a lot of shared challenges and opportunities um, from the kind of macro scale ones, changing employee expectations, multi-generational workplaces, changing client expectations. They were demanding, demanding increased value. Um, and this kind of shift where clients were recognising that or, or seeing technical skills as a bit of a given and um, non-technical skills as the kind of differentiator between different firms. So we convened a group of about 20 different um, FPS firms and we just had a discussion around, well, is there an appetite for us to address some of these challenges and work together on the opportunities? Can we achieve more by working together? And there was a, a resounding yes. Um, so the group has been formed um, with the aim of uh, developing the skills, values and behaviour that the, the sector is going to need and the sector in Wales is going to need in the next 10 years. Um, so, so that's fantastic. And ultimately, you know, we'd like that group to be able to, to work together to not only um, grow its its contribution in terms of uh, Wales's growth and success in terms of the economy, but also the sector uh, to celebrate the contribution the sector makes to our social and environmental challenges as well, and and sort of work as a group to do more in that space. Um, so that you know, I think that kind of making a positive contribution and being commercially successful um, can sit hand in hand and and aren't mutually exclusive really. So. And it's a really exciting group and, and they share our values, they share our vision and they share our understanding that business um, has a purpose that's beyond profit um, and working together we can we can achieve more really. Yeah. So is, is, is that group still in the early stages and it's it's just slowly expanding as you're coming together it and is, collaborating? It is. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're a startup ourselves. We, we set up in the summer and we set this group up in at the beginning of 2016, February 2016. Um, but it's great to have that momentum and have such a diverse range of firms. And, you know, we've got, now got 25 of them. They're, they're all based in, in Wales at the moment, um, but some of them are our large corporates um, but it's their Wales division that you know we've got we've got a strong community here uh, within the FPS sector and um, there's this real momentum behind finding a way to work together to 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 build that talent base recruit that talent retain that talent um, for the sector in Wales. Yeah 
So then I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, because you just mentioned, you know, you're 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 a startup yourself. So you've got the pending B Corporation. What are some of the challenges that you faced coming in from the perspective of starting a business from scratch and saying we want to make sure that we are coming as a force for good straight off? Yeah, good question. I think um, I think a couple of things really. I think you know, inevitably, in, the, in your first year of trading, you're you're finding out where you fit, and you're you're getting to know your clients. You're getting to understand their needs. You're you're developing your offer, and all those things are uh, you're juggling at the same time. And I think where the B Corp focus has helped us is navigating some of that. So, for example, some some of um, the businesses we were potentially going to work with, we were thinking, are they the sorts of businesses that we want to work with? Um, have said no to some some potential clients. You know, it's made us really focus on working with clients who, where we have a shared value, we have a shared approach. They're responsible employers. They're investing in in, in their teams. They're looking to the future. They're balancing their sort of long-term goals with the short-term need to, 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 to you know, achieve income and achieve targets. So, I think it's helped us really shape that. It's helped us think about who our we want our partners to be. As we're growing, we're having we're needing to work, to work with more partners and to work with associates. And it's it's helped us think about well, who are those people that we want to, to work with? So I think. It, it just has provided an additional layer to help us um, make some of our decisions, navigate some of the dilemmas we've had and keep on track to where, where we ultimately want to go. Mm. It, it it does make sense, and I, I I think what it's what I'm hearing you say is it's actually it's it's in effect it's like a guidebook, you know, rather than going into business and as you say, you know that 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 first year is okay. Where do we fit? What are the clients? How are we offering? You know, all all of the foundational pieces that are going to stand you in good stead. It's it's saying well, how do we want this to work? How do we work right now so that we don't we don't we don't go and just get a profit and then go oh right now we need to think about all the good that we want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's got it's you know that coming back to those original conversations we had with one from the offset. How do we make sure this is built into the way we make decisions mm-hmm. um, and not that afterthought? And I think certainly, you know, that's something that more and more businesses are recognising, not just startups but very established businesses. You know, you know, sometimes referred to as corporate social responsibility, but that kind of has got sometimes can be seen as sitting as that that front end only. This is about actually the way a business operates, the way it makes decisions. Those values influence that sort of behaviour, um, and that's a, that's being responsible. That's the core of the business. That's no longer you know the fluff on the edge. Yeah. Well, this is it. So then what are some of the practices that you are adopting in your organisation that helps you embed business as a force for good into the way that you operate and make decisions? Okay, so um, it's important for us that the things that we talk to our clients um, about are also things that we're doing ourselves. So absolutely, you know, we want to develop our own skills as, as well, well as contribute our skills to to make a positive impact uh, on, on society and the environment. So um, one of the things that we offer to clients is the opportunity to um, to partner with a third sector organisation or a startup or a social enterprise. 
and they then use their, their, their new skills to support that organization and at the heart of that is mutual benefits so the organized the partner organization benefits and they get to uh, they themselves get our client gets to embed their skills and so you know it's important for us to do that as well so um, I'm a non-exec director on a, a, a charity called Arts Active Trust um, and that's looking um, to use the arts to um, support the development of young people and for example my, my co-director um, is on the board of the Chartered Man Management Institute as well so looking to develop the management skills of people who make a contribution in that way and we, we both try to give some of our, our skills and experience pro bono to organisations that again share, share our, our values and share our aims. Um, and I think, you know, the kind of practical things we do as well. So most of our clients are in South East Wales, so we can cycle to, to our clients, which, which is great. Um, and if we do have to travel to London and Bristol, we, we've also got clients, then we always use public transport. Um, but so there, there's those, those sorts of things, those decision, decisions about suppliers you use, um, those decisions about partners and associates. Again, coming back to you know how how do you all support each other to maintain this commitment how do you make sure that there's a commercial reason for doing it as well as it being the right thing um and if you can support people to win work because yeah you've got a similar approach to us um, and we think this is the right way then i think more and more of us can do that and use that kind of influence to drive drive more businesses to to make this commitment so yeah there's the practical things and then coming back to that yeah, the values steer our direction. They help us make decisions. They help us um, uh, make choices around uh, around some of the the dilemmas we have. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. So then, you're really obviously committed to making a social and environmental impact with your company. Um, has this come from how you live your daily life or is this impacting your daily life? I mean, how how do you embody the, the principles of what you're integrating into your business in, in, in your own personal way? Um, well, I guess there are two slightly, uh, two slightly different answers in my head. So one, where has it come from? And then this, how is it happening in, in my personal life? So I think in our daily life, um, you know, uh, I guess there's this kind of sense of the challenges we face aren't something that we can do alone. They, you know, there's a responsibility of business, of government, of each of us as individuals. We're all kind of cogs in this wheel and we've all got to make some shifts. So I think, you know, there's, there's shifts that we've made as a family um, around, you know, kind of the, you know, what coffee we buy and, you know, the kind of, you know, drilling into our six and nine year old, the turn lights off and, you know, um, understanding that their actions have consequences and we've got to think about waste and we've got to think about how we treat others and live our lives. And, and so I think, you know, having children and kind of making that work in just be part of your life and the way that you want to be as a citizen, but then as a family, that, that kind of influences you know a lot of your daily routine really and hopefully gets to the point where you're not really thinking about it and I think some of that is at that at that point and some of it we've got quite a way to go you know because you know when they want chocolate you know, I just buy whatever chocolate you know and, I, and I've got to kind of think about how I how I keep that core and make it kind of consistent across everything really um but I think where it came from I think there's kind of been some, been some key points um uh, uh, you know when you sort of reflect back on on influences and I think things that stick in my mind are things that like I had a, a small food manufacturing business a while ago and um, I pitched for some investment and one of the investors 
said to me, um, I can get your ingredients much cheaper in the Far East. Uh, you know, that was quite tempting and I was quite excited. And then I started thinking about, well, actually, one of the values of the business was transparency and customers were really interested in the provenance of the ingredients. So, yes, there was a commercial case for going with those ingredients, but actually for the business, it made more sense to use local suppliers and understand where they'd come from. So I think experiences like that all feel, um, you know, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to do now. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to say I was director of business in the community, like you said, and I worked with hundreds of businesses looking at how they integrate responsible business. And, and you know, I hear time and time again from large and small companies, I'm concerned about where my future workforce are coming from, where are the, where's this talent coming from? And and so we we launched in Wales at Business Class, which is a, is a programme for partnering businesses with a, a secondary school for a minimum of three years. And we, we did that in partnership with with Welsh Government, with Careers Wales, and we rolled that out across, across Wales, and it's still going now. And I, I, I think things like that, where fundamentally you're addressing uh, business priority, but also it's a social need. When those things can be kind of brought together, that's when you can really get powerful action. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's 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 just reinforcing that need for collaboration. And it's almost like all these little experiences that you've had of collaboration and thinking about values has just driven you to contemplate this in all areas of your life. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of coming to, coming together now in, in, in the business that you know, the co-director is my husband. And, you know, it was a big decision for us to make last summer to, to go into business together. But um, it's, yeah, it's all those things coming together, I guess. <laughs> Wonderful. So who do you most admire and why? Um, from a responsible business point of view, um, I think it has to be Patagonia. Because um, I think they've just, from the very start, been so committed to to making sure that they were doing the right thing and building their business. And I, I just really admire, admire them and I love love their stuff as well. Um, uh, yeah, so, and then sort of, I suppose... Uh, you know, like kind of personal commitment. There's loads of people I've come across um, in my life who just really, I really admire. Um, you know, I kind of admire most people really because we're all making it work in our own way, aren't we? You know, so uh, yeah, I I think inspiration comes from all sorts of places um, in your life. Mm. And I like it, but it's, it's it's also the reminder, you know, we're, we're, we're all doing the best that we can and as much as we possibly can do. And that that in itself is actually quite inspirational, you know, and I, I love that reminder. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So then what's one of your most favourite memories of a time or a place in nature and why, Rosie? Um, well, we the highest mountain in South Wales is called Penavan. I don't know whether you've ever, ever been there, but it's absolutely no. It's, it's in the Brecon Beacons, well worth a visit when you when you come to Wales. Um, and I walked there quite a lot as a child with my mum and dad, and particularly with my dad. Um, and then I walked there with my husband to be at the time, and now we take our children there. And it's just an amazing steep bit at the end, but the, the at the top is su- such an amazing view all across the Beacons. Um, so yeah, that's that's my favourite place. 
I like that. I mean, what what I like about what you're saying there is there's this real sense of relationship with it in that, you know, you, you walk there with your, your, your parents and you walk there with your husband. Now you're taking your family and, you know, it's it's this long relationship over a period of time of returning to the same place again and again. Yeah, yeah. And, and in different different seasons as well. I remember going up there as a child and it was snow at the top and we all had to wear sunglasses because of the glare. And, you know, being really surprised you had to wear sunglasses in the winter. That's just bizarre. And, you know, those kind of really strong memories that um, are, for, are formed when you go back to the same place. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I must admit, as much as I enjoy exploring other parts of nature, there's something about coming back to a place where you've been years and years and having the intimacy where you know how it changes and what it looks like in different seasons. And yeah, it's just there's I don't know, there's something, something magical about that for me. So how have experiences like this of going up the Penavan again and again over you know, a long period of time, how do they influence and impact your own commitment to sustainability? Um, I think climbing a mountain, you know, like lots of people say, so I don't want, don't want to say the same thing, but I think, you know, there's a truth in this. It just puts things in perspective and, you know, you recognise you're a small part of it all. And I think that that's a healthy thing to recognise. But you kind of also recognise you're sort of part of something much bigger and, um, you know, something that y- you're affected by and, and that, that you can affect as well. So I think, you know, you're kind of inspired by the experience and then, you know, maybe that just helps you reflect and thinking about what, what your next set of ac- actions are. And, you know, I think there's a real responsibility that comes with that and a real excitement. And that that's, that's the bit to hold on to that kind of cusp between excitement and responsibility and and what what that can bring really Mm. so then what's the one thing rosie that you want people to take away from our conversation today um i think that we all have a role to play um no matter how small you know we're a small startup business just getting going um but we're going to make a contribution and, and each of us can as individuals and as businesses. And I, and I think on that kind of from the business angle, it's that that importance of, of being responsible, being commercially the right thing, as well as just being the right thing to do. Mm. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rosie. That's OK. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. If listening to the show has inspired you to find out more about nature-centred business, go to www.earthself.org and click on the Nature Centred tab. And as always, if you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, please get in touch. Next time on Sustainable, I'm speaking to Ria Silva, founder of Chototel, a social enterprise that aims to change the way the world houses its people by offering good quality, dignified housing solutions in a market that fails to cater for those at the bottom of the housing pyramid. New episodes of Sustainable are released every Tuesday. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud. Get them sent straight to your inbox by signing up at www.earthself.org. Or come on over and join the conversation on our LinkedIn podcast page.